It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody, and welcome to uh, the Upfront program for this uh, Wednesday morning. It is a daily talk show. Too hot to handle for one person. That's why Dick has to take it on Monday and John Breen has to take it over on Friday. I can't handle it Monday through Friday. I just can't handle it. Anyway, but uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I'm, I'm around. Yesterday was a pleasure interviewing Brian Thompson. He's a kind of a refreshing individual. Um, uh, I, you know, when you're sitting in front of him, you're listening to him, uh, when he answers, it uh, sounds like he's giving you a pretty straight-from-the-heart answer, like a no-nonsense type of guy, no BS. Anyway, uh, he was here yesterday, and uh, we'll uh, um, talk with the mayor in a few minutes when she arrives here at the station for uh, uh, some comments on a whole bunch of topics. Like, for instance, uh, the way, uh, if she's listening on the way in, I hope she is. That way she'll be prepared for this one. I'm going to talk about the Central Falls mayor. Her name is Maria Rivera. And the story is, I will not run for first district seat vacated by Congressman Cicilline. So if I can uh, read a story about a Central Falls mayor saying she isn't running, let's see if we have a Woonsocket mayor who may run, uh, may not run. Uh, uh, She's got some local... uh, People running here, and namely a guy by the name of uh, Steve Casey. He hasn't officially announced, but <clears throat> he will be announcing uh, sometime real soon. Right, sir? Good morning, Jeff. Yeah, we're expecting that announcement uh, to come after the Easter holiday. Talking to Steve Casey just about a week ago via telephone. He did confirm to me that he is going to run, mm-hmm. uh, but wanted to observe uh, the Holy Week. Uh, and after Easter Sunday, he will be holding a public announcement. Um, and he'll certainly be a formidable opponent in that field, especially when it comes to fundraising, which we know is a big key to a congressional race. Uh, when you're looking at some of the uh, treasuries of his opponents that have announced, um, it's a fairly uh, progressive slate as well. So he'll stand out as a little less progressive than the opponents and, of course, the um, the PAC money, the union money that will come in uh, not only regionally in Rhode Island but nationwide is going to make him a formidable opponent for sure. Yes, and uh, it sure looked like he uh, he is a candidate. Uh, I, I think it was Monday's uh, when Socket call uh, or maybe Sunday, but whatever day it was, uh, Stella Lawrence uh, did a story uh, and interviewed him, and uh, it was pretty clear that uh, Steve Casey was going to announce. Just uh, really the question is, what day of the week is it going to be? All right, so... um, And what time of day? (laughs) Right. right. Will we be able to attend? All right, so we'll be asking the mayor about that and and a whole bunch of other topics. So uh, you can uh, join us uh, for that conversation. We do take calls, 7690600. We do take uh, emails and... um, if you want to uh, ask a question, you're welcome to do that. If you're going to leave it up to me or Jeff, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do that also. Anything you want to mention before I take a commercial break? Well, uh, we do have a nice recipe for a good day coming up Easter, of yeah. course, uh, and then a, a little uh, a talkie turk in other communities. Um, and it's not Thanksgiving, but there's actually a community in Massachusetts that's being terrorized by wild turkeys actually attacking uh, citizens in the town of Dedham. Really? Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, I had a, a, a good flock of wild turkeys that would commute through my property daily. I have not seen them over the past year. We were talking about that with the neighbors uh, yesterday, wondering where our turkeys went. Perhaps they're in Dedham. Um, they are chasing cars, Roger. <laughs> you're driving down the street and you got a flock of 20 turkeys. Yeah. I don't chase after your car. Uh, kids that are walking to the school bus in the morning, being attacked by these wild turkeys in a denim. The police are actually putting out a, a warning to the community to watch out. Of course, it is spring season. It's a frisky season of rebirth, and they are in mating season. So they may be a little defensive of their territory and perhaps some of their female counterparts. But um, they're also uh, putting out a strong reminder, not the time of year to be feeding wild animals, even your wild turkeys. 
Uh, but they are pecking at cars, they are attacking people, and of course, uh, people on bicycles as well. Uh, they estimate there's about 40,000 wild turkeys uh, right now throughout the uh, state of Massachusetts. And we're not even talking to politicians here, we're talking real turkeys. All right, now we're going to talk about uh, not wild turkeys, but really good food. And I have the Easter menu in front of me, River Falls Restaurant. Now, first of all, today is Wednesday, and, and so River Falls has their dinner for two for $49. They have that every Wednesday. And tonight is no exception, so if uh, you're looking for a pre-Easter uh, dinner, you can enjoy that. $49 tonight. Uh, after 4 o'clock at River Falls, okay? But uh, the Easter menu is out. They have some nice uh, appetizers, and uh, I'm just going to choose my favorite going through. From the appetizers, uh, I'm looking there, and I would go with the shrimp and crab fondue, uh, which uh, looks like a nice item on the appetizer menu for the Easter menu. On the salads, um, a steak tip Caesar salad might be a good choice. They will be doing their brunch menu, and they have some nice uh, brunch items on there, including a cream brulee French toast, which uh, sounds like uh, like a lot of calories. But on the other hand, it's Easter Sunday, so why not have a good time? And then looking at the entrees on the Easter menu at uh, River Falls, and they'll be presenting this menu to you. Um, what am I going to look at here? Uh, I think, uh, again, I'm going to go for the traditional ham dinner, which is slow roasted pit ham. And then uh, they have a cider bourbon glaze on it. And it's going to be served with sweet cornbread and a seasonal vegetable. That's the ham dinner, one of the many entrees. And for dessert, there's nothing like uh, New Orleans bread pudding, right? Uh, this is a style from... Uh, the uh, New Orleans area, it's pudding served with vanilla bean ice tender, um, uh, ice, uh, vanilla bean ice cream, uh, and whiskey butter sauce. The New Orleans bread pudding on the dessert menu. And there are so many other choices. Check out the Easter menu. Some of the other guys will be telling you about it uh, here on the radio station. John Dion has a copy of it. Jeff has a copy of it. And we'll uh, be talking it up. Right until um, it's time for you to uh, enjoy your Easter dinner. But you may want to call River Falls and make your reservation sooner than later. And I've got one more uh, message and then um, we'll uh, get back to the upfront program and uh, maybe introduce a topic or two. Scott McGee of REMAX Properties brings his years of real estate experience to you, whether buying or selling. Check out this property currently on the market from the McGee team. And uh, Scott McGee uh, would like to uh, mention uh, that uh, he's got a nice piece of property on Maplewood Drive off of Victory Highway in uh, Mapleville, Rhode Island. This is a Boroughville piece of property. And uh, you don't find properties uh, under uh, under 200,000. This is 160. And uh, this was originally on the market. Now it's back on the market. And uh, it is um, a single-family home. It's residential. And 160 is the asking price. And Scott McGee uh, has it. And uh, like I said, it just came back on the market if you're interested in a piece of property that's under $200,000. And uh, Scott McGee would love to show you that property. Just one of uh, the uh, properties that uh, he has. And here's the rest of his message. Scott McGee from the Stearns McGee team is ready. Whether you're buying or selling a home or just curious about the local market conditions, Scott would love to offer his services to you. He knows the local community, both as an agent and a neighbor, and can help you guide through the nuances of the current real estate market. So let Scott work hard for you. Your real estate experience will be memorable and enjoyable. You can reach him directly at 401-639-2906. You know, uh, Grumpy's will be open for uh, Easter also. And if you're looking for uh, a restaurant with a nice Easter menu, on the other hand, you, you can choose anything from the menu. Remember that Grumpy's will be open all day Easter Sunday with the traditional Easter menu and, and any other item that you may select from their uh, their menu. No reservations are required at Grumpy's. And remember, too, uh, Grumpy's is open for lunch today and uh, and also for dinner tonight. So if um, you like uh, good food, 
Come on over to Grumpy's on Pulaski Boulevard in South Bellingham, Massachusetts. And remember, we have a luncheon menu. I mentioned a few items from that menu yesterday. And uh, I do want to mention a couple of more items uh, that are very popular in their seafood items and very popular during the Lent, Lenten period. They have a luncheon clam plate. They have um, clam cakes and chowder that are available on Wednesday and Friday only. Well, guess what? Today's Wednesday. So come on into Grumpy's and enjoy clam cakes and chowder. That's um, all you can eat, incidentally, nine ninety nine. Yeah, did You heard me right. All you can eat. Every Wednesday and Friday at Grumpy's, nine ninety nine clam cakes and chowder, red or white chowder for, uh, for that matter, and and then the luncheon scallop plate. This is a uh, sweet sea scallops uh, or scallops, uh, breaded and then deep fried and brought to you with hand cut French fries, and coleslaw and tartar sauce. So. What's on the luncheon menu today? Uh, clam, uh, clam cakes and chowder, uh, whole belly fried clam plate, and the luncheon scallop plate. All at Grumpy's for lunch. And Grumpy's uh, starts their lunch at noontime, and they start their prices at six ninety nine. So come on over to Grumpy's and enjoy a luncheon with us. All right, one more message here, and then we'll uh, get back to the program. Well, here's a question for you. From Vern Rainville. Do you have frozen pipes or ice dams causing some damage to your home last winter? Well, this is probably covered by insurance. And did you know that you have two years to file a claim? Call Vern Rainville, the local adjuster that represents you, not the insurance company. Vern is a licensed public adjuster by the state of Rhode Island and will work for you to initiate a claim. You can call Vern Rainville today at 484 484- 384.95 for a free no obligation in-home consultation. All calls are returned in less than 24 hours. Yeah. You know, here's a question. Do you think your insurance company has your best interest in mind or theirs when they send over their paid adjuster to your house? Hi, my name is Roger and I represent Vermont Mutual. And I'm here to uh, make an adjustment with you. And we're going to give you the most money. And uh, when I do not have uh, that insurance company in mind uh, when, I <laughs> when I offer you an adjustment. And that's why you need uh, very Four eighty four three hundred eighty four ninety five. That's his number. Four eighty four three hundred eighty four ninety five. He will, I promise you, eventually return that phone call to you. And I say eventually because he's a busy guy. There's a lot of uh, people who uh, want to make sure that uh, they get represented properly. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now let's get back to the panel. All right, the panel is uh, Roger, and uh, and the mayor is uh, going to be uh, with us in just a few seconds. Uh, she's, uh, I, th- I think she's in the parking lot right now, and uh, we'll uh, we'll chat with her. I got a lot of topics uh, to talk about. Sometimes I, I bring stuff up from uh, the city council meeting, uh, but the first couple of topics uh, that I'm going to bring up are not from uh, actually three topics that I'm going to bring up that have nothing to do with the council agenda but uh, then uh, we'll get to some other stuff too so if um, you uh, would like a you know kind of a a good um, profile of different things going on in Woonsocket I think you might enjoy today's program as we try to prepare uh, on topics that a lot of people are uh, uh, not touching on, you know, it seems uh, everybody wants to talk about cutting down trees at Cass Park, and I'm sure we'll talk about that, and, and to some people that's a big issue, but there are other things going on that uh, I would like to um, chat about with the mayor, and, and we're going to do that. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, since uh, there's so much going on just before Easter, I think we're going to do one more ad here, and uh, then uh, we'll, um, 
we'll chat with her. And that would be for our good friends at Sarah's Tavern. Charming ambience in a cozy setting with scrumptious food and entertainment is a great way to describe Sarah's Tavern at 42 Cherry Street, Woonsocket. Stop by for lunch Wednesday through Sunday featuring new luncheon specials added by Chef Fernando. Check out our soup served in a crock and deli sandwich combos at 10.99. Or a specialty combos like Philly cheese and sirloin steak sandwiches served with your choice of soup, salad, Caesar salad, fries, or seasonal vegetables. And at the bar, appetizers, including house-mixed cocktails and sangria specials, they're all $6 every day till 5 p.m. I recommend the tequila margaritas. Come on in and enjoy your lunch at Ciro's Wednesdays through Sundays, or come in and wind down after work at 42 Cherry Street, Woonsocket. Ciro's of Woonsocket. Let's be happy again and wine and dine at Ciro's. All right, now Ciro's will be open at noontime today for a lunch. And enjoy your luncheon at Ciro's. They have a nice uh, luncheon menu. All right, uh, let's uh, get back to the upfront program. The mayor is uh, comfortably seated, uh, but Jeff is going to fill us in on a Blackstone item here, right? Yeah, they have their election Monday, where uh, Dan Keefe and Mary Bosa were elected to the Board of Selectmen. Yeah. Uh, they had their reorganization meeting last night. Ryan Chamberlain remains the chairman, as he was over the past uh, year. Mary Bosa recently re-elected the vice chairwoman, and uh, Tanya Pollock is the clerk. So that is the reorganization of the Blackstone Board of Selectmen meeting held last night. Thank you so very much, Mr. Jeff. And now we'll uh, move on to uh, the next segment of the program, talking uh, with the mayor. And uh, how are you doing today, Mayor? I'm fine. How are you? Good, thank you. And um, so I have three topics that are unrelated to uh, council business uh, that I, I want to uh, chat with you about. But uh, before that, uh, anything, uh, you know, I mean, you're the guest here. So uh, anything you're bringing to the table first or uh, would you like me just to fire away? Well, uh, first of all, good morning to everyone. I yeah. hope everyone is uh, up in Adam. It's not quite as warm as yesterday, but uh, yesterday was a little tease of what's to come. Right, yeah. Roger? Beautiful, beautiful weather. Then I get to see you sitting on your porch yeah. in the yard. So I'm getting ready for that. You're getting for ready. Sure. Uh, well, first of all, if you want to tell me your three topics, and then we'll figure sure. out which direction to go. Okay. Uh, the three topics I wanted to talk about, um, one probably you haven't seen yet, but you're probably aware of. Providence Journal, I don't know exactly why they did this, but they did a story on Woonsocket and the top taxpayers in the city of Woonsocket. And I read the journal every day, and I, I didn't see them, you know, who are the top taxpayers in Barrington or Providence, but they did the, the Woonsocket one, and... Um, and there were really no big uh, surprises, uh, but I, I did want to acknowledge uh, that story, that CVS is our biggest taxpayers. And the, the top five were CBS Corporate at $2.3 million, the Woonsocket Plaza or Woonsocket Mall or whatever you want to call it, where Dollar Tree is and, and um, Burlington and all that. Uh, 433000 Plaza Village, 379000 the former middle school, 362. I don't know why that's there, number four. But it's there, according to them anyway. And number five was um, Rockridge. So you can take a look at that story if you want to. The second topic I wanted to mention was uh, the mayor of Central Falls, Maria Rivera, said, I will not run for the first district seat being vacated by Congressman David Cicilline. So if she can make a statement about whether she's not or uh, or is running, then uh, hopefully you can say something about that. You've been asked about that here and other places before, and uh, you can comment on that if you choose to. And the final thing is um, there is a bill, um, both House, uh, the House and the Senate have it, and it's to replace lead pipes over 10 years um, in uh, the state of Rhode Island. $29 million is allocated, and I think uh, we might be cashing in on that if that gets passed because we certainly have our share of that. None of those items were on the city council agenda, but there are three interesting items. First of all, taxes in Woonsocket and the highest taxpayers. I felt a lot of, lot better after I saw what CVS paid and looked at my tax bill. Mayor, you're on. Well, what I, what I will say is that I have not read the article. Mm -hmm. I will read the article and I will see what it says. 
and uh, I will see if they are actually accurate. Um, I'm looking at number four, the former city middle school, 362-208. So I'm not sure how accurate this story is. <laughs> that, that, so I'm not going to spend much time that, on it. That so, caught my attention, uh, too. In, in every city and town, there's the highest and the lowest. Mm -hmm. And it's just the way it is. So uh, we're no different than the rest. Mm -hmm. But that uh, CVS being, uh, can we at least generally assume whether the figure is right or not, that CVS is our highest taxpayer? I would, I would assume yes. Right. Good enough. That's the story on, uh, on taxes. And then the other one was uh, whether, uh, whether you're still thinking about uh, running for Congress or uh, whether after looking at the landscape of other people who have uh, mentioned it. I haven't uh, asked you about this in two weeks, so uh, we'll see if anything is new on that front. I will say this, uh, as I think I get to the point where I'm making my decision, I, I end up with calls on both sides. Both sides being, we encourage you to run, we'll help you, we want to donate, uh, we need someone that has your experience, that's been in the legislature, that's led a municipality, that understands the trials and tribulations of a city or a town. Um, the fact that, um, you know, experience is important. Um, my, my position is on, on issues uh, has been brought up quite a bit. Uh, you know, I am not a liberal Democrat and I am very conservative. Um, you can tell by what's been done in the city over the last 10 years and doing it without borrowing money is, I say, pretty impressive. So um, it's a less those are lessons that could be learned. Then I receive calls from constituents saying, you know, as much as it would be nice for you to run, we really don't want you to because you're doing so much in the city. We're really enjoying the, the progress. And so it's, 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 um, it's a pull left to right, back and forth. So I will certainly, and I've been extremely busy. So uh, that decision will be very, very soon. Well, I'm a talk show host. I'm entitled to my opinion. I would like you to stay right where you are as mayor and not run. Uh, I don't know if that's going to have any bearing, but at least uh, uh, now you know where I stand. I that appreciate one. that. And, and uh, you know, one of the things that I hear the most is we're finally, finally getting our recreational complex. And if you leave and someone else takes over, they could stop the project or they could change the project. Mm -hmm. And that was the biggest of of all the comments that was the most received. Well, that recreational complex uh, is a neutral uh, subject to me. Um, and uh, if it goes uh, as planned, fine. And if it doesn't, it's fine. But uh, all the other things, solving uh, the Cinegro, uh, um and wastewater treatment plant issue. Uh, and also the thing that um, I think... Um, um, many people, it's just the nuts and bolts, making sure that the streets are paved and plowed and, and, uh, and, and, and that the taxes are there and that, that we don't do a lot of bond issues, all that stuff. Um, uh, Cass Park, that's a big project, but uh, below that is really the nuts and bolts of uh, government. That's uh, what I pay attention right. to. It's the foundation. You're absolutely right. And the third topic was... With lead pipes um, and this piece of legislation mm -hmm. in the General Assembly, looks like there's going to be a lot of money around, and I can't see why we couldn't qualify for a big chunk of it. Well, I'm, what I'm confused about that legislation is, and I'm not aware of it until you just mentioned it, but there is significant grant money from the federal government uh, to apply for uh, funding to remove lead pipes. To from begin with. To begin with. Right. So I don't know why we, we want to spend $29 million of our state funds. Mm -hmm. uh, we are already the recipient of uh, some grant funding from the federal government, mm -hmm. and it is a bit of a long process to get the paperwork done, but we will be, um, there's a, a an application that's being formed uh, for people to fill out who would like to have their lead pipes replaced. There is a list that the superintendent of water uh, keeps, and of course over the years, you know, the list is only as good as the people who touched it, so um, he has a pretty a, pr a pretty solid handle on that, and uh, so we're hopeful to get a significant amount of those out. So I guess uh, the feeling I have about uh, the twenty nine million, if uh, they take it out of the federal funds that the state has and want to use it in local communities, it's just like the ones we have locally. Um, if it's there, uh, you probably want to tap into it anyway 
if it's there. I mean, why let somebody else get it, right? Well, if it's allocated for that, but if it's $29 million that could be utilized in other areas, I think we'd be better off utilizing it in other areas considering the feds have uh, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars available for lead pipe removal. All right. Um, I want to um, mention something that's not on the agenda. Uh, fourth item is law enforcement. And uh, with uh, that um, uh, shooting on uh, Cumberland Street, uh, or off of Cumberland Street, actually, it looked like it was more in the shopping, uh, in the residential area. And with that vandalism last week uh, and so forth, it, it refocuses uh, on on on, uh, I guess, uh, law enforcement and also refocuses on uh, uh, one of the nuts and bolts again of running a city uh, and that's keeping it uh, keeping it safe. Now, as a mayor, um, you have a public safety director. Does this stuff uh, like uh, always you know, reach you uh, a cell phone call at home on Sunday? Uh, mayor, I just want to let you know. Or, or do you let uh, public safety officials handle it and maybe comment on a couple of those incidents? Sure. Well, first of all, any mayor, town administrator, or, or town manager should receive a phone call immediately from someone within the department. Uh, but you have to allow law enforcement to do their job. And, and certainly, depending on who the officer in charge is, um, not depending, but the officer in charge has a, a, a huge matter before him or her. And they begin to work that immediately. And that's what happened here in the city. Um, they they did a phenomenal job, and I was briefed along the way as to what was happening and uh, who they were looking for, so to speak. And uh, people saw them out there for an extended period of time. We have a very um, we have a talented pool of of officers. Of course, you know we continually lose them to retirement, which is a, a lot of uh, historical knowledge. Uh, in a, in a lot in a lot of ways, historical knowledge is important in law enforcement and it's also important uh, for the um, training of the new officers that are coming in uh, but they are on top of these things and it's 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 not just um, matters like that where they're involved they're involved from the simplest of things to the most serious such as that and you are right uh, i notice in all the stories that we run many times i'll have a story and uh Officer uh, uh, Officer Smith uh, recognized uh, the suspect uh, from previous uh, engagement uh, with him uh, four months ago and a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. and uh, and that does help uh, uh, to uh, shall you say bring them to justice. And then it's the it goes from the shooting to the quality of life issues mm-hmm. as well, uh, and you have to keep in mind you know we're eight square miles. And there's something happening all the time, but in the in the middle of all that, you also want to you also want to pay attention to the quality of life uh, matters, such as things where people are annoyed because there are so many cars with heavily heavily tinted windows. You you, you know it, it's dangerous. Uh, unregistered vehicles that are traveling the streets that are involved in accidents, which are creating problems for people like you who have your car registered with insurance. And if that car was not on the road, you wouldn't have been hit. So they they do a wonderful job with that, and there are periods of time where they have strong focus on it. The mayor is with us, and we're chatting about a whole bunch of topics uh, around the uh, city of Woonsocket. So when I was talking to Brian uh, Thompson yesterday, he was our interview uh, after the city council meeting. First time interviewing him as a sitting council member. He did a pretty good job, I thought, in uh, handling the questions. Um, he did uh, say, I don't know if he said it off microphone or on microphone, uh, but it's not telling tales out of school, that um, um, he understands uh, that uh, some people are uh, are all concerned about uh, the cutting of trees and, and all this business at Cass Park. But I think we both recognize that a lot of the people that are, uh, uh, are making, uh, uh, shall we say, uh, objections about it, are uh, people that have been maybe criticizing you before uh, on other issues. So I was just um, wondering whether, in fact, uh, you have received a lot of flack on on that or whether, in fact, uh, you just uh, consider it uh, all part of uh, the uh, uh, business of doing business as mayor because there's always somebody out there that finds uh, objection to um, even uh, 
which restroom you use at the <laughs> city hall. Go ahead. Right. <clears throat> She's uh, taking a breath on this one. So right. <laughs> go I, ahead. Uh, I'd like to say a few oh, things, but I, I'll refrain. I can tell. I'll refrain. Uh, so, so yes. Uh, basically speaking, basically, the uh, wastewater stirrers, let's call them, <laughs> the wastewater plant stirrers, uh, the people that are... Uh, making the biggest stink about it uh, are the people who would complain. Um, if I gave them a million dollars, they'd complain I gave them in ones. Mm -hmm. So we're accustomed to them. I think uh, if you and I sat down over coffee, we could make a list of who they were when it started, who's still here, who's moved, uh, who's passed away, uh, who's been added to the list. So we, we see it, we recognize it, uh, but it's it's the folks that are genuine that come forward and may have a question or a concern. And you want to make certain that you spend enough time with them. We know clearly that this was one of the main topics during the last election. And it was in newspapers. It was in mailers. It was on handouts. It was in, in conversations, in, in gatherings. Uh, it was clear. The residents of Woonsocket overwhelmingly wanted a recreational complex. Um, I find it comical when someone will get up and talk about, oh, you're cutting the trees, the trees are stopping the smell. And keep in mind, there are people who are no longer elected officials or ran for office, didn't win, or they're angry talk show hosts or whatever it is. And they'll start something hoping that they can plant a seed in the minds of people that they feel may be foolish enough to uh, pass along this disinformation and so I look out your window Roger and uh, I don't see one leaf on a tree so if for some reason there's a, a bad odor out there for some reason uh, are those trees going to stop that odor from October to May when there are no leaves on the trees so unfortunately folks capitalize on people who will repeat their nonsense and then we look at it as we know where the information came from. Just have to sit there and listen to it. Uh, but what's important is making certain that you're doing the work of the people. Um, you know, someone coming to a podium and saying, you know, I don't care about this. I don't have any kids. Well, in, in the school system. Well, neither do you, Roger, and neither do I. Mm -hmm. But does that mean that you just collapse programs and that you don't make progress in your community and you don't bring quality of life? Not to mention, this is not just for athletes. So we are very confident in this uh, project. We are moving forward with this project. In fact, there's equipment there now uh, working. And I get a joke. It, it, it's so... It, it's. I got a call yesterday from someone. I'm sorry about laughing, but That's all right. I got I got a call from someone, and they said, "I cannot believe I just heard something on WNRI." I'm like, "All right, first of all, why are you listening at this hour of the day? And secondly, what is it?" Well, the the host said that there's no reason to close the track. The people are smart enough to know to stop walking when the big equipment is coming by. It's seriously. Like, our insurance company would drop us, knowing we have excavators and, and dump trucks and everything, and allowing people to walk in a construction zone. So, you know, we, we, we have to disseminate what's serious and what isn't. I was laughing at that, too. And, uh, <laughs> uh, it's uh, ridiculous beyond ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I'm, uh, I listen, I, I'm, sometimes I'm here in the office and... Uh, uh, I turn the radio off myself. Yeah. I mean, it's, That's uh, telling, considering you own the radio yeah, station. I, I, I want to liken this to one quick thing so we can move on. Yes. Uh, when I was in the legislature, and I thank, I thank, speak, I thank Speaker Fox, and I always do, uh, he understood the need for us to renovate World War II Veterans Memorial Park, and, and I agreed that, you know... Um, it was unfair, right? That was the only state park that was closed. So anyway, fast forward, uh, I was able to convince him that $2.6 million was a good number for the city to renovate the park. And, and the other reps agreed as well, and senators. And um, fast forward, we begin the project. It's closed down. It's like 
a war zone in there. It's horrific. And the very same person we were just talking about says that what the park used to look like is better than what it looks like now. It's, it's, it's like, like, how are you yeah, not he, even embarrassed saying he, that? He misses the water he never went in. Right, right. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Well, um, you're the mayor, and uh, that kind of uh, stuff uh, comes along with the job, and uh, and you signed up again for it, so um, That's right. welcome to the wagon train. Next question is Cinegro and wastewater. Um, this is a, a big issue, and I know that a lot uh, has to be done, and a lot of it can't be talked about because of contracts that exist and, and uh, not the revealing strategy, but tell us what you can tell us. Uh, at the beginning of April uh, as it relates to where we're going with that. I know you think about it, right? We think about it every day. So I will tell you this. It is at the forefront of our mind. It will be until we get to a point where we feel it's resolved as, as much as possible or to at least to our acceptable standards. It is not going away. We are going to address this issue. In fact, the solicitor was on an extended uh, meeting yesterday regarding this. And there are several avenues we can take. But keep in mind, no one should be talking about the definitive, definitive direction of closing the plant unless you have numbers to show the impact to the residents. The residents, it's easy to say... Well, my vote is to just close that thing down and then Roger and his wife get their sewer bill and your sewer bill just went up $600 a year. My feeling is in full transparency, whatever the effect will be on the, on the rate payer, they need to have that information prior to making a decision. So if I decide that I want to go to the council and say... My decision is, and I look for your support, that we have a referenda, uh, referendum question on the ballot to ask the residents of the city if they want to stop treating sludge from X amount. There'll still be some type of an odor. But this is the impact on you as the ratepayer. Uh, you cannot blindside them and just do something like that without being fully transparent. We have to remember, Cinegro is a private company. It right? is. And, um, and it would be nice to say you can't bring uh, other, uh, other residue into your plant from other towns and just do us. But it was just uh, processing ours. Uh, I don't think they'd be able to pay the electric bill. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's not as simple and straightforward mm -hmm. as some people think. And thank you to those who are lay people who understand it is very complicated. There are contracts, there are companies, there's the state, there's, you know, everything. So, Mayor, one more topic before we take a break, and then uh, you can bring up something you want. Um, 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 we're going we to have a Charter Review Commission. Yes, and, we are. Uh, all right. And uh, you don't want any council members on it, right? I don't uh, think I'm going in that direction. All right. And are you the one that chooses uh, the members of the Charter Review? So why don't you, why don't we talk about Charter Review and where it's going? Sure. So we have been, this has been, again, something that we talk about on a regular basis. The challenge is to be able to <coughs> secure members who have the depth and knowledge of charters across the state, understanding the law, the ramifications that uh, can take place from the change of language, the ramifications that have taken place by the ill-formed uh, language that is currently in, the ch in parts of the charter. So it's not simple and straightforward and say, hey, I'm going to call four neighbors and say, will you be on the Charter Review Commission? So it, it is, it, there's, you need individuals who have that um, talent and understanding of the law and also the time and the willingness to sit. And so are you the person that appoints them, though? Yes, I am. Uh-huh. Do you need council ratification for that? Or I do, do not believe I do. I would have to check the charter. Mm -hmm. uh, but either way, it's the appointment is, is by the mayor. Um, and I believe, obviously, it's communication to the council. But I'd, I'd have to check that. 
I, I, you know, clearly I wouldn't want to violate the charter, Raja. No, no, <laughs> no. You know what happens then. Oh, yes, you do. You get a bunch of, of hungry people looking for power. Back in a moment. Let's meet for lunch or dinner at the Roast House. Their menu offers something for everyone. Seafood and chicken, roasts, steaks, and chops. Appetizers and their rotation of the heartiest soups in the area. Open Sunday through Thursday, 1130 to 9. Friday and Saturday, 1130 to 10 p.m. Now, here are some of the delicious choices awaiting you at the Roast House. All right, Roast House is open for lunch today. And uh, we went there uh, last week for lunch. And uh, I enjoyed um, some, uh, what did I have? I'm looking at the luncheon menu. And what did Roger go for? I know my wife had the uh, Cajun grilled haddock. And, uh, oh, yeah, boring Roger again. Tuna salad milk. That's what I have every time. I just don't have any creativity. Anyway, it's a nice luncheon menu, and you'll find it every day at the Roast House. We will be closed on Easter. So if you're looking for a restaurant for uh, Easter Sunday dining, it's not the Roast House. We'll be closed. Uh, and for that matter, Dave LaHousse over at uh, K's uh, was uh, telling me, uh, Roger mentioned that we will be closed on Easter Sunday and Mother's Day for that matter, but Easter Sunday also uh, at K's so we can give the rest of our staff some time off. Honey Shop. We had uh, Kathy on the program a couple of weeks ago from the Honey Shop. And she was telling us about how uh, successful those workshops are. Uh, and they, uh, they have them uh, coming up uh, Italian um, Easter bread uh, this coming uh, Saturday. They have two of them, uh, one at 11 and one at 3. It's how to make a sweet Italian Easter bread. It's uh, one of their, uh, I guess you'd say, you could call it a workshop, yeah. And then um, in uh, mid-April, April 15th, uh, we have uh, Making Pasta at Home, 11 o'clock. Learn how to make uh, burrata Italian cheese uh, on Sunday, April 16th. Learn how to do Asian cooking in your home. This uh, is attracting so much attention. We're doing two sessions, one on April 22 at 11 and Sunday, April 23rd at 11. But most important of all, we want to remind you that if you love food, you'll love us at the Honey Shop. And you'll find us on Park Avenue, 1300 Park Avenue in Woonsocket. And we have uh, a wide range of gourmet gift baskets and boxes, all uh, able to be customized to the uh, person that you're giving it to. We have essential oils and fragrance oils and uh, skincare products, totally body health products, supplements, and so much more. We are an interesting place to browse. So why don't you come into the Honey Shop, 1300 Park Avenue. You need a question before you walk in the door? We'll answer it, 766-1488. The Honey Shop here in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. All right, uh, I think I've got uh, one more uh, announcement from uh, Kay Kasher, the... Uh, the accountant people, and then uh, we'll chat again with the mayor. Kayer Kosher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick. 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're Kayer Kosher. We're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. And remember, having Kayer Kosher to consult with on your personal financial situation is like having all the right answers. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Hey, we are chatting with uh, the mayor, and uh, she's in studio with us. And uh, you can see today's program is all over the place. So what a wide range of uh, topics. Uh, so uh, let's get into... Uh, my neighborhood for a minute. Um, let's see. Uh, they have uh, the gas company uh, is uh, busy working. <laughs> yes, they are working. They were just digging up my uh, my lawn yesterday. Uh, so uh, I'm, you know, glad to see that because I know the gas pipes um, uh, they get older too, and you want to make sure that uh, they've been uh, updated and so forth. But that's a Rhode Island Energy pro- project, not a city project. Uh, but uh, further on down the street near the fire station, a piece of land there, uh, that's been in the news a little bit. What's going on there? Give us a little background. That piece of land uh, is owned by two gentlemen. 
uh, several years ago, they had come forward and talked about the potential of wanting to sell the land or build on the land. Where is the land? The land is, it's interesting, it's an island. Mm -hmm. So if you live in the city and you've never been in that area, it's really interesting. And I would really like to know from folks in the city if they see something like this somewhere else in the city. Mm -hmm. I'd like to know that. It sits between North Main Street, West School Street, and Prospect Street. Because what some people don't know is Prospect Street actually curves around and meets up with North Main facing the North Main Street Fire Station, Station 3. Mm -hmm. There's this big piece of land that sits in the middle of those three streets that I just mentioned. And... What's interesting about it is you would think it is city-owned land. And I did not even know it was not city-owned land until several years ago when the folks came forward. So fast forward, here we are now. They, they reached out again and said, um, we have checked with zoning and the land is large enough to build a house. So to build a house, and, and they were accurate. Mm -hmm. It was large enough to build not only a single-family house, but a two-family house, which would look a little awkward sitting there, uh, but they were accurate. So Scott McGee, and thank you to Scott McGee, um, I asked him if he could take the lead on this, and he did. And he, he said he felt the land, a buildable lot, was worth between about 80000 and 90000 uh, the people that own the land, I said, you know, I'd really like the city to have it, and I offered them 40000 And they said it's a little lower than we wanted. Um, we wanted fifty. so we went back and forth. Anyway, it ended up at 45000 45000 for land that is buildable that could sell between eighty and ninety. Scott McGee said he could put it on the market, have it sold in a day. So I brought it to the council. And as you know, um, I have to tell you, the people in the North End pay attention because they are not happy that that was not a 7-0 to zero vote. And why you would ever pass up buying a piece of land of this size in the middle of a neighborhood that would create this bizarre looking situation with a house sitting in the middle of a road. Uh, why you would not support that, I don't know, but that's not for me. I support it fully. I brought it to the council. Scott McGee did a great job uh, getting all the information, and it did pass 5-2. to two, But I can tell you there are a lot of people who are very upset with Councilman Ward and Councilman Manseri for not supporting it. I cannot uh, substantiate the history of, uh, of that, but if you notice, uh, it is uh, part of um, where a rail, rail track Correct. came from. And uh, those tracks um, were uh, headed toward, uh, toward Boston. So if you went back to 1905, uh, you would see rail tracks going there. And also on the North Main Street side uh, are the uh, trolley tracks. And so that, I believe, um, if you go back to 1905, I think you're going to have uh, what you call a little uh, train. It's not a depot, but a train stop for the North Main Street trolley and also a... Um, a point of uh, loading something onto the freight cars from the accompanying mills across the street. Uh, and if you see the train tracks there, too. So it was um, a, a, sh a different type of a site back in, uh, uh, back in the 19, uh, 19, early 1900s. But it certainly is not a place for a residential property in 2023. And, and years ago, Providence Worcester put an ad in the newspaper to sell off because mm -hmm. they decommissioned the rail there. Mm -hmm. And some folks purchased all the property, which of course was a lot of like linear type of, of property. And then they removed the tracks, they sold the iron, but they still owned the land. And this is one of the pieces of land that is r remaining from that acquisition by these folks. And you see those kind of properties all over the city. Uh, there's one, uh, you know, going down on... Uh, on Winter Street, uh, headed toward Pond Street. Anyway, we're running out of time. Uh, not here for nostalgia. Opera funds. Uh, so how do you determine, and who is determining, because we've got a lot of money on balance there at uh, Navigan, so what are we planning with the uh, opera funds? We have approximately $17 million of that that has been um, set aside 
uh, to help with the construction of a new public safety facility, and which is we're in dire need of. Uh, but that doesn't mean we're not applying for grant money uh, elsewhere, and we will. And if we do, and we if we receive it, it will free up some of that money for us to do other things with. But a significant portion of what we received, basically half of what we've received, has been, quote-unquote, reserved for the construction of a public safety complex. And then in the meantime, other parts of it we've used for other purposes, uh, but the goal of that those funds uh, from the federal government is to please show and make a difference so when you look back over the years you can see what you did and we've been paving roads uh, we've been um, um, I'm sorry constructing sidewalks and things such as that as well May you keep uh, mentioning uh, grants all through the program who's doing the grant writing these days this is what you do when, yeah. uh, at home at, after uh, watching Downting Now Abby or something uh, on the computer. it's a combination um, it's pulling a f uh, multiple people from different departments and grabbing them for, you know, either days or hours. It's, it, it is problematic because then other work is stopping. So it's something that we certainly need to address because I don't think the opportunity for grants is going away anytime soon, at least for the next couple of years. So we need to address that. Yeah, there's a lot of grant money out there. Happy Easter to you. And uh, Happy Easter to you. I have a little scoop. I don't think it's been publicized yet. Well, I'm ready. Uh, press <laughs> the magic button. Go ahead. Okay. Well, if people are not aware, after a very long uh, time and, and a lot of effort put in by many people, 162 Main Street, uh, the former Rhode Island Hospital Trust Building, has been purchased. Uh, the acquisition has gone through. The deed has been recorded. And we have received approximately $300,000 in delinquent uh, tax revenue, which was very good for us. Uh, and I will be meeting with the new owner at the beginning of May, and he will be bringing in some of his designs and thoughts for the building. Is that building going to head toward uh, retail and residential or some other place? My generally speaking. Generally speaking, um, I mentioned to him that we are uh, trying to obviously lift things up on Main Street. And uh, we need to make certain we have balance within our community. Uh, the first floor, I will say, let's say, could lean itself to a bank. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the upper floors uh, will be something that we will be requesting uh, be of the caliber that we'd be looking for. And the impression that I did get uh, from the new owner is that we will be very happy with what he brings forward. But you can't say whether it's residential or not yet. Uh, he is, yes, yes, it, there is residential included, and he wants to beautify and glorify our Main Street. More to come on that one. Thank you for the uh, scoop there. We You're appreciate welcome. that. Again, happy Easter, and we'll see you next time. Happy okay. Easter to you and everyone. Bye -bye. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m.